You are now listening to Vibe Selection with Kyra, where you can get the real on today's hot topics. Well, welcome everybody, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of Vibe Selection. I'm your host, Kyra, and I know I've been gone for a while, but I'm back with the jump off. Yes, happy belated Juneteenth to everybody out there. Like I said, I know I've been MIA for a while, but honestly, y'all, I just have not really been feeling motivated uh, as of lately, and I'm just one of those people where, like, if I don't feel motivated, I'm just not going to get on the record and say anything you know so I'm back I'm feeling motivated I'm feeling rejuvenated and I'm ready to discuss some hot topics all right so let's get into it y'all so the first topic that I want to talk about today is the Britney Spears conservatorship situation now for those of you who are not familiar, um, Britney Spears has been in this conservatorship since 2008 when her father actually took control over her pretty much her whole estate. He makes all of the decisions for her because of what she was going through previously when she was having the mental breakdowns. And in watching the Free Britney movie um, or documentary, excuse me, you know, it, it, it was very eye-opening to see how she ended up in the situation she did, but how this conservatorship hasn't really been doing her any good and it's been doing a lot of harm for her. So, you know, let's start back in the time of 2008, a little bit, actually, let's go back a little further than that. Now, Britney Spears is on the top of her game. You know, she was killing out there. She was selling millions in, in records worldwide. You know, she was on living on top of the world. And then she had the whole situation with Justin Timberlake talking about, you know, he took her virginity. And then you had all of the, the tabloid fodder that was going on about her being a role model for young kids and how she was dressing too provocatively. And then you have her trying to uphold this perfect image of being this innocent girl and her trying to find herself when we have to realize Britney Spears got into the music industry when she was a kid. I mean, she started at the Mickey Mouse on the Mickey Mouse Club when she was like, what, five, six years old or something like that. So she's grown up pretty much in the public eye and she really never really had time to grow up and actually enjoy her youth, you know. So her being thrusted into Hollywood, it was all about her trying to find herself and she never really felt like she had that freedom in order to do that so you have the whole situation where Justin Timberlake was you know talking about he took her virginity but then you have Britney Spears going on the record saying that she wanted to remain a virgin or that she was a virgin then she got a lot of backlash for that and then when the whole breakup happened she was the one where everybody pointed the finger at and put the blame against her when really it was Justin Timberlake and then you have the situation where the tabloids were she had a lot of scrutiny when it come to came to the media and the tabloids portraying her as being this seductive vixen and she's too sexual too hypersexual too you know and she you know ultimately started to break down over the years because she was living in the public eye and she faced so much scrutiny I can't even pronounce my words today <laughs> scrutiny for you know her trying to find her come into her own womanhood essentially you know it was a problem with the way that she was dressing the way that she was acting and all of these things and then you know you have 
these parents out here looking to Britney Spears as being a role model. And it's like, you know, it's a lot to uphold and to deal with. So eventually she just started to break down. You had the paparazzi that was following her every step of the way. She never really had any freedom. They were there right there. She's going to Burger King trying to get her a, a freaking Big Mac. You know, they were right there. She was going to go get her hair done at the salon. They were right there outside of the club. And she was just trying to enjoy herself. So, you know, eventually she started to break down. Then she got in that whole relationship with Kevin Federline. And even before that, when she married her first husband, when she went off to Vegas and eventually she divorced him, like within hours of actually getting married. But she ended up marrying Kevin Federline, had two children by him. And she was under a lot of scrutiny about that because, you know, he was previously dating the actress Char Jackson and Char Jackson was going out there saying, well, you know, Britney Spears took my man from me. Pretty much. We was married and everything. And she broke up our happy home. And Kevin Federline and Britney Spears started their own family together. While that whole situation didn't last, you know, they had a nasty custody battle that was going on. And then with the paparazzi constantly, you know, in her face, every waking moment, every 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 time she woke up in the morning, every step that she took, every breath that she breathed, they were right there, you know, scrutinizing her. So she was under a lot of pressure and she broke down. You know, she had the situation where she shaved her head off and she attacked the paparazzi car one night because she was just over it. And so, you know, she was made to have the conservatorship because of all of the situations that were occurred occurring because they felt like she was having a mental breakdown. But what people weren't really realizing that it wasn't because Britney Spears always had these issues. It was because of all the, you know, the scrutiny in the tabloids and people following in the paparazzi following her constantly as to the reason why she was breaking down. So really, if you look at the situation, she's really been dragged through the mud over the years and it's really unfortunate and she's been in this conservatorship for well over 12 years now and she wants the conservatorship to end she never wanted her father to even be a conservator over her her estate in the first place and while I was watching the documentary um, one of the lawyers that she wanted to be originally appointed as her conservator uh, he was saying well you know when I meet with someone to see if I can be their conservator. I look to see what their mental state is. How are they mentally capacitated or are they incapacitated? And he was saying that she seemed to be in her right frame of mind. She was able to make coherent decisions for herself. And she was very clear on the fact that she did not want her father um, over her estate. She didn't want him to be in control of anything. If you watch the documentary and that when he went to the court, to see if he could be granted to be a conservator over her estate. He says that the judge told him, we have this mental evaluation on Britney Spears. However, we're not going to let you see what that mental evaluation was. So that leads me to really think to myself, huh, okay. So they're making Britney Spears out to be this crazy person who is not able to make sound decisions for herself, but yet and still, why wouldn't the judge allow 
allow this attorney to be able to see a mental evaluation. So then I'm starting to think to myself, okay, well, are people really getting paid off in this situation? Because it's been going on for 12 years. She's constantly been having to sit down and do, you know, mental evaluations. And they say that her situation hasn't gotten any better. If you really think about it, she seems to be worse than she was before. And so it leaves a lot to be questioned. So she recently did an interview. Um, Well, actually, she went and did the court hearing where she was trying to get the conservatorship with her father um, taken away from him. And she petitioned the court. And in this audio that was just leaked yesterday, actually, where she sat down in front of the judge and she pretty much poured her heart out. She expressed all of her concerns and her want and need to not only have a family and get married and have kids, which she was, you know, not allowed to do, but she wanted to be able to be have control over her life. She was tired of being a slave for her family and everybody was just sitting around and allowing it to happen. Her dad was in control of all of her finances. No one was allowing her to even walk outside. She had to have someone with her at all times. So she pretty much broke everything down in what was really going on behind the scenes. Because if you look at her Instagram, you know, you're seeing her being active, but you definitely could see that there is something completely off about Britney Spears, you know, on her Instagram. She doesn't really seem all there. She definitely seems like she's drugged up on some type of medication. Um, And it was just really sad to hear her you know speak about what was really going on and it was very 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 disturbing so I want you guys to take a listen of this short audio I know the original audio is about 23 minutes long I won't hold y'all that long but I do want you guys to be able to take a listen for yourself and you know let me know what your thoughts are on this so take a listen I will be honest with you, I haven't been back to court in a long time because I don't think I was heard on any level when I came to court the last time. I brought four sheets of paper in my hands and wrote in length what I had been through the last four months before I came there. The people who did that to me should not be able to walk away so easily. I'll recap. I was on tour in 2018. I was forced to do. My management said, if I don't do this tour, I will have to oh, find an attorney. Ms. Spears, Ms. Spears, um, I, just, I hate to interrupt you, but my court reporter is taking down what you're saying. Okay. And so you have to speak a little more slowly. Oh, oh of course, course. yes. Okay, and I apologize. Great. The people who did this to me should not get away and be able to walk away so easily. Recap. I was on tour in 2018. I was forced to do. My management said, if I don't do this tour, I will have to find an attorney and by contract, my own management could sue me if I didn't follow through with the tour. He handed me a sheet of paper as I got off the stage in Vegas and said I had to sign it. It was very threatening and scary and with the conservatorship, I couldn't even get my own attorney. So out of fear, I went ahead and I did the tour. When I came off that tour, a new show in Las Vegas was supposed to take place. I started rehearsing early, but it was hard because I'd been doing Vegas for four years and I needed a break in between. But no, I was told this is the timeline and this is how it's going to go. I rehearsed four to four days a week. Um, 
half of the time in the studio and half of the other time in a Westlake studio. I was basically directing most of the show with my whereabouts, where I preferred to rehearse and actually did most of the choreography, meaning I taught my dancers my new choreography myself. I take everything I do very seriously. There's tons of video with me at rehearsals. I wasn't good. I was great. I led a room of 16 new dancers in rehearsals. It's funny to hear my manager's side of the story. They all said I wasn't participating in rehearsals and I never agreed to take my medication, which my medication is only taken in the mornings, never at rehearsal. They don't even see me. So why are they even claiming that? When I said no to one dance move into rehearsals, um, it was as if I planted a huge bomb. Um, somewhere and I, I said no I don't want to do it this way after that my management and my dancers and my assistant of the new people that were supposed to do the new show all went into a room shut the door and didn't come out for at least 45 minutes ma'am I'm not here to be anyone's slave I can say no to a dance move I was told by my at the time therapist Dr. Benson who died that my manager called him in that moment and told him I wasn't cooperating or following the guidelines in rehearsals and he also said I wasn't taking my medication which is so dumb because i've had the same lady every morning for the past eight years give me my same medication and i'm nowhere near these stupid people it made no sense at all there was a week period where they they were nice to me and they said i don't want to do and i told them i don't want to do the um they, wait, no. they, were, they were nice to me. They said, if I don't want to do the new Vegas show, I don't have to because I was getting really nervous. I said, I can wait. It was like they told me I could wait. It was like lifting literally 200 pounds off of me when they said I don't have to do the show anymore because it was I was really, really hard on myself and it was too much. Um, I couldn't take it anymore. So I remember telling my assistant, but you know what? I feel weird if I say no. I feel like they're going to come back and be mean to me or punish me or something. Three days later, after I said no to Vegas, my therapist sat me down in a room and said he had a million phone calls about how I was not cooperating in rehearsals and I haven't been taking my medication. All of this was a false. He he immediately the next day put me on lithium out of nowhere. He took me off my normal meds I'd been on for five years. And lithium is a very, very strong um, and completely different medication compared to what I was used to. You can go mentally impaired if you take too much, if you stay on it longer than five months. But he put me on that and I felt drunk. I really couldn't even take up for myself. I couldn't even have a conversation with my mom or dad really about anything. I told them I was scared and I, my doctor had me on six different nurses with this new medication. Come to my home, stay with me to monitor me on this new medication, which I never wanted to be on to begin with. There were six different nurse, nurses in my homes and they wouldn't let me get in my car to go anywhere for, for a month. Not only did my family not do a goddamn thing, my dad was all for it. Anything that happened to me had to be approved by my dad and my dad only, he acted like he did didn't know that I was told I had to be tested over the Christmas holidays before they sent me away when my kids went to home to Louisiana. He was the one who approved all of it. My whole family did nothing. Over the two week holiday, a lady came into my home for four hours a day, sat me down and did a psych test on me. It took forever. But I was I was told I had to then after that, I got off. Oh, um, wait, I was told I had to then after I got a phone call from my dad saying 
after I did the psych test with this lady, basically saying I had failed the test or whatever, uh, whatever. Um, I'm sorry, Brittany, you have to listen to your doctors. They are planning to send you to a small home in Beverly Hills to do a small rehab program that we're going to make up for you. You're going to pay $60,000 a month for this. I cried on the phone for an hour and he loved every minute of it. The control he had over someone as powerful as me, as he loved the control to hurt his own daughter, 100 thousand percent he loved it i packed my bags and went to that place i worked seven days a week no days off which in california the only similar thing to this is called sex trafficking making anyone work work against their will taking all their possessions away credit card cash phone passport card and placing them in a home where they they work with the people who live with them they offer they all lived in the house with me, the nurses, the 24-7 security. Um, there, there was one chef that came there and cooked for me um, daily on the, during the weekdays. They watched me change every day naked, morning, noon, and night. Um, my body, I had no privacy door for my, um, for my room. I gave eight gals of blood a week. If I didn't do any of my meetings and work from 10, um, eight to six at night, which is 10 hours a day, seven days a week, no days off, I wouldn't be able to see my kids or my boyfriend. I never had a say in my schedule. They always told me I had to do this. And ma'am, I will tell you, sitting in a chair 10 hours a day, seven days a week, it ain't fun. And especially when you can't walk out the front door. And that's why I'm telling you this again two years later. After I've lied and told the whole world I'm okay and I'm happy, it's a lie. I thought I just maybe I said that enough. Maybe I might become happy because I've been in denial. I've been in shock. I am traumatized. You know, fake it till you make it. But now I'm telling you the truth, okay? I'm not happy. I can't sleep. I'm so angry, it's insane. And I'm depressed. I cry every day. And the reason I'm telling you this is because I don't think how the state of California can have all this written in the court documents from the time I showed up and do absolutely nothing. Just hire with my money another person to keep and keep my dad on board. Ma'am, my dad and anyone involved in this conservatorship and my management who played a huge role in punishing at me when I said, no, ma'am, they should be in jail. Their cool tactics working for Miley Cyrus as she smokes on joints and stage at the VMAs. Nothing is ever done to this generation for doing wrong things. But my precious body, who's worked for my dad for the past fucking 13 years, trying to be so good and pretty, so perfect when he works me so hard. When I do everything I'm told in the state of California, allowed my father, ignorant father to take his own daughter, who only has a role with me if I work with him. They set back the whole course and allowed him to do that to me. That's given these people I've worked for way too much control. They also threatened me and said, if I don't go, then I have to go to court. And it will be more embarrassing me if the judge publicly makes go the, the evidence we have. You have to go. I was advised for my image. I need to go ahead and just go and get it over with. They said that to me. I don't I don't even drink alcohol. I, sh I should drink alcohol considering what they put my heart through. Also the Bridges facility they sent me to, none of the kids, the, 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 I, went, I was doing this program for four months. So the last um, two months I went to a Bridges facility. None of the kids there did the, the, did the program. They never showed up for any of them. Um, you didn't have to do anything if you didn't want to. How come they always made me go? How come I was always threatened by my dad and anybody that participated in this conservatorship? If I don't do this, what they tell me to enslave me to do, they're going to punish me. The last time I spoke to you by just keeping the conservatorship going and also keeping my dad in the loop made me feel like I was dead. Like I didn't matter. Like nothing had been done to, to me. Like you thought I was lying or something. I'm telling you again because... I'm not lying. I want to feel heard. And I'm telling you this again, so maybe you can understand the depth and the degree 
and the damage that they did to me back then. I want changes and I want changes going forward. I deserve changes. I was told I have to sit down and be evaluated again if I want to end the conservatorship. Ma'am, I didn't know I could petition the conservatorship to end it. I'm sorry for my ignorance, but I honestly didn't know that. But honestly, but I don't think I owe anyone to be evaluated. I've done more than enough. I don't feel like I should even be in room with anyone to offend me by trying to question my capacity of intelligence, whether I need to be in this stupid conservatorship or not. I've done more than enough. I don't owe these people anything, especially me, the one that has roofed and fed tons of people on tour on the road. It's embarrassing and demoralizing what I've been through. And that's the main reason I've never said it openly. And mainly I didn't want to say it openly because I honestly don't think anyone would believe me. To be honest with you, the Paris Hilton story on what they did to her to that, that school, I didn't believe any of it. Of it. I'm sorry. I'm an outsider and I'll just be honest. I didn't believe it. And maybe I'm wrong. And that's why I didn't want to say any of this to anybody, to the public, because I thought people would make fun of me or laugh at me and say, she's lying. She's got everything. She's Britney Spears. I'm not lying. I just want my life back. And it's been 13 years and it's enough. It's been a long time since I've owned my money and it's my wish and my dream for all of this to end without being tested. Again, it makes no sense whatsoever for the state of California to sit back and literally watch me with their own two eyes make a living for so many people and pay so many people trucks and buses on tour on the road with me and be told I'm not good enough, but I'm great at what I do. And I allow these people to control what I do, ma'am, and it's enough. It makes no sense at all. Now, going forward, I'm not willing to meet or see anyone I've met with enough people against my will. I'm done. All I want is to own my money for this to end and my boyfriend um, to drive me in his fucking car. And I would honestly like to sue my family, to be totally honest with you. Um, I also would like to be able to short share my story with the world and um, what they did to me instead of it being a hush-hush secret to benefit all of them. I want to be able to be heard on what they did to me by making me keep this in for so long is not good for my heart. I've been so angry and I cry every day. It concerns me. I'm told I'm not allowed to expose the people who did this to me. For my sanity, I need you to the judge to approve me, do it, do an interview where I can be heard on what they did to me. And actually, I have the right to use my voice and take up for myself. My attorney says I can't, um, it's not good. I can't let the public know anything they did to me and by not saying anything, is saying it's okay. I, I don't know what I said here. It's not okay. I would much, actually, I don't want to interview. I'd much rather just have an open call to you for the press to hear, which I didn't know today we're doing. So thank you. Instead of having an interview, honestly, I need that to get it off my heart, the anger and all of it that, that, um, that's, that's been happening. Now, if you listen to this audio that was leaked of Britney Spears talking to the judge over the conservatorship, she sounds completely coherent. I mean, this is the most coherent I have ever heard Britney Spears sound in probably about 12 years. Because like I said, when you see her on her social media site, on well, when you see her on Instagram, when she posts things, she doesn't seem like she's all there. But she said in this audio that... Her father forced her to take lithium, which, you know, if you take it more than five months, then it makes you mentally impaired and it doesn't allow you to have uh, mentally sound or coherent conversations. She wasn't even able to have them with her mother or her father. But the biggest thing to me about this situation that's really, really disturbing is how none of her family 
has stepped in to help her. Now, we all know that her dad is the, the main the main person that oversees everything when it comes to her, um, her estate. However, my question is, what is this? What, where is the mother? Where is her place in this? Because I definitely feel like the mother's in on this, too. And then she has her sister, Jamie Lynn, who you don't hear anything about anymore. I know that she had that scandal where allegedly, you know, she got pregnant by that uh, producer on Nickelodeon or Disney um, some years ago, allegedly. Um, And that's how she conceived her first child. But to me, you never hear her sister speak on Britney Spears, Jamie Lynn. You don't hear her speak about her sister at all, um, which I find to be really weird. And then I was listening to an interview that um, Britney Spears' brother had did some time ago. And on that interview, and in that interview, he was pretty much you know, all for the conservatorship, although he did state that the conservatorship was like way too long. 12 years was a crazy amount of time to be in a conservatorship. He was all for it. He was saying that, you know, he is him and his father are pretty much the main the the main men in their family. There's more women within the family than there are men. And he felt like she needed that sort of structure. He felt like it was necessary for the father to be in control. But when Britney Britney Spears uh, first got the conservatorship done with her father. They did a documentary and it was showing her, you know, coming into the conservatorship and how she was adjusting and how her life was how her life was since the conservatorship happened. And you've seen a lot of like shade thrown at the father. You can definitely tell that Britney Spears was not happy with her situation at all with her father. You can definitely tell that she felt like he was very controlling and she made that known as we all heard in the audio, that he's a very controlling guy. He manipulated her. He forced her to go and get mental evaluations that she didn't need. He forced her to take drugs. He forced her to pretty much pay for for his attorneys, to pay for his lavish lifestyle. And I think that all this just boils down to is greed. He put all these handlers in place to be able to control Britney Spears and her estate. Because if you watch the documentary um, that they did on Britney Spears, when the whole hashtag free Britney thing came out, you know, it was very telling that everybody felt like, you know, Jamie Lynn Spears was after his daughter, Britney Spears's fortune. That's all he ever really spoke about her. Well, all he ever cared about was getting money. And it's really sad to see how money can really divide a family, you know, how it it, it, it overtakes people in their lives. And, you know, I don't want to say money is the root of all evil because because it's not, but it's crazy to see how money can really turn someone really cold. And, you know, I just think that is sickening to see how Britney's been in this conservatorship. She hasn't gotten better. But also this makes me think about Hollywood in general. Now, I made this a point in conversations that I've had with people in the past about my thoughts about Hollywood. Now, over the years, you've seen so many celebrities come out and talk about how sick Hollywood is, how they've been suffering from mental health. And you see a lot of people say, well, that's Hollywood for you. You know, drugs, you know, sex, you know, debauchery, all types of stuff. All that's just part of Hollywood. But how is it that you have perfectly normal people that had normal lives prior to them getting into Hollywood are all losing their minds? 
if everybody is losing their minds in this one place that have all this talent and so much to lose, I think that says more about the environment than they are that they're in than the actual person, you know, and that's something that I feel like a lot of people don't really care to look into because they always make the excuse, oh, that's Hollywood for you if someone's having a mental breakdown. But what how is that normal? If you have a place where everybody's having a mental breakdown, you know, like situations such as Lindsay Lohan and you know, um, Amanda Bynes. And then you have Martin Lawrence that's on the side of the road talking about, you know, people are trying to kill me and he's waving a gun and he's going off. But think about how all these people have so much to lose and so much talent. Why would they be acting out like this if there really wasn't something wrong? And so even back then watching the documentary that they did on Britney Spears, um, back then how she was crying out for help, but yet there was people out there that were judging her. No one really cared. And how she even talked about in the audio, how when she went to the um, uh, rehab facilities, how paparazzi was out there laughing at her when she was crying and how no one offered an extended hand in order to help her. They just cared all about what they could get out of the situation and could care less about her, her mental health. Even when you watch the interview that she had did with Diane Sawyer, I mean, look how Diane Sawyer portrayed her and made her look and feel. I mean, it was just an awful interview to look to to see, you know, and so it, I mean, it's just very disturbing. Now, another thing that I think some people may have forgotten about or maybe everybody does still remember this, but Britney Spears son, Jaden. Now, although he was definitely out of order for some of the things that he was saying because he was using profanity and saying it and he's only like 13 years old, he did mention how, you know, the uh, Britney Spears father was a dick. And I remember him going on this huge Instagram live rant where people were just asking him questions and he was answering all the questions that people had and the father had got brought up and people were asking, you know, is Britney free? You know, what's going on with her? She's making music and so on and so forth. So he pretty much said that the grandfather was a dick and he was a fucking asshole. And, you know, he was saying that the mother wasn't making any music. And in the audio that was leaked, Britney Spears said she didn't want to do the residency. She didn't want to make any music anymore because of the fact that the father was forcing her to do it. And she wasn't allowed to be able to have any creative direction while she was actually, um, you know, preparing for these tours. And so she just felt like a slave. And so she really had no interest in doing any music anymore, which is sad because she's had so many loyal fans over the years. And it's amazing to see how her fan base has continued to be loyal to her because Britney Spears has been in the game since like the early, since the, the late 90s, early 2000s. So she's been around the block for a long time. So to see her fan base still be so loyal to her even in these times you know that's very telling of the type of superstardom that she is the the star that she is you know so if it wasn't for the fans ultimately really let's think about it we we wouldn't really know anything about what was really going on and we probably would have never heard about this leaked audio that came out 
she Britney Spears would have never had a voice. But if it wasn't for the fans outside of the courtroom petitioning, making making things happen, making the courts help Britney Spears to be able to petition for her to be able to get her word out, you know, it, who knows what her situation would be right now, you know, and that's that's something that's really scary to think of. You know, God forbid she would have tried to harm herself because she was so miserable in the situation that she was in. Um, now, after um, uh, Jaden had went on that ram- rant on Instagram live, um, the father well, Jaden had went. Oh, Jaden and the other son, Sean, had went over to Britney Spears' house for visitation. While they were visiting the Britney Spears, the grandfather assaulted Sean. Apparently, the grandfather went in one of the bedrooms, kicked the door in, and started choking. Um, Sean and the father found out about it. Kevin Federline found out about the situation and they tried to get a restraining order against the grandfather. Um, for whatever reason, they decided not to go through with the restraining order. But instead of having the 50 50 custody that Britney Spears shared with Kevin Federline, she now had 10 percent custody and Kevin Federline had 90 percent. Now, years ago, Britney Spears barely even had 50 percent custody of her kids. So to See even the fact that she has that pretty much even equal uh, shared rights when it comes to visitation of her children is very telling of her 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 ability to function. She's a very high function functioning person and she doesn't need to be in this whack ass conservatorship that she's pretty much in. Another person that's kind of getting me about getting me in this whole Britney Spears situation is her boyfriend, Sam Asgari. I believe his name is. Now, where the hell is Sam in all of this shit? So he sees all of this that's going on. And when the 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 free when the documentary uh, for Britney Spears that came out recently, he has spoke out about the father and he was saying that, you know, he believed that, you know, the the father was treating Britney Spears unfairly and that she deserved her freedom and blase, blase, blase. But where were your motherfucking antennas when all this shit was going on and you just taking a backseat? So you've been dating Britney Spears for a couple of years now. She's been in this conservatorship for 12 years. But why weren't you doing anything to help her? And now all of a sudden, when, you know, this documentary comes out, all of a sudden you want to speak out about the situation. So me, in my my mind, I'm thinking like, okay, you obviously have another ulterior motive yourself, you know, and it's sad to see. It's like Britney Spears has all these people in her corner that she really can't even trust, you know. Everybody is suspicious. You know what I'm saying? And it's kind of like the saying goes. It's like more money, more problems. And this is kind of what the situation is with Britney Spears. Here's someone that's super successful, super talented. You know, she has that star power and she has all of these vultures that are around her that are trying to, you know, feed off of her. Not only her boyfriends that she and some friends that she's had over the years, but even her own family. So it's like, who do you turn to? Who's in your corner? 
Another thing that I thought was really disturbing in the audio is when she's speaking about the fact that she can't even, you know, unclothe herself without someone being in the room. She can't have a door locked in the house. I mean, what type of disturbing shit is that? Like, that's some sick stuff right there. You know, so, I mean, all of these things are super alarming. This conservatorship has definitely, like she said, has done her harm instead of good. And the fact that she has to continue to go to go and get these mental evaluations is like it's 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 beyond me. And like I said, hearing her speak in the audio, that was the most clearest I've heard Britney Spears sound and speak in a long time, because when she's on her Instagram post, she sounds very robotic. She sounds very you know, overly medicated when she's speaking, even her movements are a little off. And so, you know, hearing her speak and be mentally and hearing her sound be mentally sound, you know, it's very telling that Britney Spears definitely is someone that should be able to be in control over her own life and have say so in what happens in her life and should have freedom. I mean, it's just crazy to see all of the scrutiny that Britney Spears has faced over the years. Like, it just completely disturbs me to hear it. And looking back on it, because I remember hearing about all of this stuff and watching the interviews that she did with Diane Sawyer and, you know, other interviews and seeing, you know, the things such as her going out and shaving her head and her having the whole situation where she's taking the umbrella and beating to the paparazzi's car. I mean... Seeing all of that and then me being older now and realizing why she actually did it watching this documentary is like, okay, I totally understand why she did this now. She was crying out for help. And the fact that nobody helped her and instead laughed at her demise, even her own family members, that's some that's that's some that's some terrible shit right there. So I really, really hope that Britney Spears can somehow get out of her conservatorship and you know she can live a happy life and she'll be able to regain some sort of control, that she will get 50-50 custody again over her children, that she would have control over her finances that she would just be able to have freedom. So, you know, my, my, my wishes and hopes for Britney Spears and my prayers go out to her. And I really hope this leaked audio that they had on her speaking about the conservatorship, you know, I really hope that she's able to end it, you know, and I just think this is a, a terrible situation that Britney Spears has been in for well over 12 years because she's, this has been going on for way too long now. Now, I want to move on to talking about (laughs) John McAfee. Now, this story is so crazy. Now, John McAfee was found dead yesterday in his uh, cell. He was waiting extradition to the United States for tax evasion. He was in Spain waiting extradition um, uh, to the United States. And and for those who are not familiar with him, he's the antivirus software tycoon who founded and created McAfee named after him in 1987 and we still use McAfee's you know antivirus weird to this day I mean it it is still booming Um, he stepped down in 1994 and he decided to pursue other business ventures and his life has just (laughs) completely been fucking crazy since the moment that he stepped down I would say he's the disgraced um, uh, antivirus 
Cyrus uh, software tycoon, if you ask me. You didn't, but I'm just telling you. (laughs) So let's get into what what the hell is going on with this situation, because this is this is some wild shit. Okay, so he sold his shares in 1994 for one hundred million dollars. And eventually he blew through all that money. He had a lavish lifestyle. He bought, you know, acres of land in Hawaii. He um, invested in some cryptocurrency and eventually uh, the cryptocurrency that he invested in, the two people that were running it went bankrupt. So after, you know, spending years of just blowing through money and then this whole situation with the bankruptcy, he started, you know, frantically selling off all of the shares that he had that were sold for, you know, less than what their actual value was. Um, then he moves to Belize. He lives there for a, quite a few years. You know, he lives the whole Playboy lifestyle. He had a whole brothel full of prostitutes. Um, he was said to be selling, be in some drug cartel activities, selling methamphetamine and, and illegal guns. And eventually the authorities in Belize caught on to him and in doing an investigation into him they also figured he probably was connected to the neighbor's death um by the name of gregory greg gregory gregory fall um now gregory fall he was um shot shot to death and they felt like McAfee had something to do with the situation although McAfee denied his involvement in this in the the murder of Gregory um it was said that McAfee had a couple of dogs four to be exact and one of the dogs had ended up attacking one of the tourists um that was in Belize and Gregory went and reported this and that had ensued some sort of an argument um with um McAfee and that they felt like was retaliate him they felt like McAfee retaliated by shooting Gregory to death and Although, you know, McAfee denied this whole situation, he ended up fleeing to another country. And as soon as he sold his shares in the company in 1994 for McAfee, excuse me, um, he spent most of his life pretty much on the run. Uh, (laughs) He ended up fleeing to Guatemala in uh, 2012. um, And eventually the family of Gregory opened up a wrongful death lawsuit against him and they were actually granted $25 million in 2019. So obviously, even though McAfee was saying that he was completely innocent in the situation, he obviously had some sort of connections, you know, to the murder because there's no way that he's going to win this that the family would be able to win this uh, wrongful death suit if, you know, McAfee's hands wasn't somehow dirty in this situation, which hearing all of the way he lived his lifestyle, he's definitely <laughs> lived his lifestyle uh, on the edge. Let's just put it like that, which is completely crazy to me. I mean, his life was full of all types of debauchery from underage prostitutes to drugs. I mean, he even tried to get in the libertarian part and run for presidency he was always spewing some conspiracy theories on his social media handles and he even when he had passed away 
the last tweet that he had tweeted was Q. And, you know, after his death, every all these crazy QAnon conspiracy theorists started to figure, oh, he had, you know, the government had this plot against him and they try to kill him and all this crazy stuff. And I'm like, oh, shit, here comes all the fucking crazy QAnoners out here with their crazy ass conspiracy theories. I mean, we thought that we were rid of them since Trump got out of fucking office, but we still see that they're alive and well and breathing out here. And we need to hear less and less and less of them. I'm like, God damn, just go back in the closet somewhere. Just fucking get lost. I don't know, you crazy QAnoners. We don't need to hear any more from you. So, I mean, he pretty much traveled around the world for a while, even after he had fled to Guatemala. He had went to a few other countries. Um... But he was deported back to the U.S. eventually, and in Tennessee, he started doing crypto fraud, in which they would call this the pump and dump. So what he was doing was he was promoting um, cryptocurrency along with one of his business partners, but he wasn't making himself a known investor. So he was pretty much putting, you know, the advertisements for this certain cryptocurrency on his social media sites, as well as the business and um, the business partner that he had, but not divulging that he was a silent investor and from this cryptocurrency that he had invested in and being a silent investor he had made 23 million dollars from it but he didn't pay his taxes and he owed the government the u.s government four million dollars in back taxes because of this now he went on a twitter rant where he said he hadn't paid his taxes in eight years and didn't plan on doing so so you know uncle sam told him hell the hell you are you better pay me my money you know uncle sam don't play about his money honey and you know it's stupid for anybody to go on social media where you know the government watches everything you fucking type on there and say some shit like that so i mean that was just stupid in itself so you know he eventually uh flees to spain and he gets arrested at the airport for tax evasion in the u.s while he's in spain uh awaiting extradition to the u.s for the tax evasion he gets um he he commits suicide and the taxi the the extradition gets granted and he decided he committed suicide now my theory on this is now prior to the suicide there had been you know many tweets that he had made talking about he felt like he was going to get if anything happened to him while he was in custody then you know it would be an Epstein type of situation oh they're going to Epstein me I would never kill myself and blah 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 he's saying all this stuff about how he would never kill himself now if you ask me my thoughts on this whole situation is simply that I truly believe in my heart of hearts that he killed himself now you have to remember when McAfee died he died at the age of 75 years old he had pretty much been on the lam <laughs> since 19, 1994, if you really want to think about it. And, you know, he was old. And he knew that with this extradition to the U.S., he was facing 30 years for tax evasion. And he was even saying that he had had a hard time being in prison, that he did not enjoy life there. And he didn't pretty much know how much more he can take. So although he did make those previous
previous tweets about, you know, him never wanting to commit suicide and how he would actually never do it. I truly believe that he committed suicide because, you know, he would have spent the rest of his life behind bars. And that's not how he wanted to live his life. And we have to think about the fact that he's pretty much gotten away with damn near murder. No pun intended, but he's pretty much got away with murder and a a host of other, you know, illegal activities that he's done over the years as well. I mean, he had a whole video with him uh, toting guns with all the prostitutes that he was, you know, having that he was pretty much pimping. And, you know, this man said that he fathered over 47 children. I mean, he was just a wild man who lived life pretty much on the edge. I mean, now, after all of this information came out about his death, then we hear about the wife. Now, what's crazy about this shit here is the wife was a prostitute. And she was actually ordered by the cartel and her pimp to not only poison McAfee, but to spy on him for the cartel. And they had in in doing this, they were going to try to kidnap McAfee. And they did. And she did this for two years and he didn't know it. And then eventually he caught on somehow. They never said how, you know, he actually found out that she was over there, you know, plotting on his ass but she was plotting on him for two years he found out about it and he stayed with her which is crazy to me that he actually stayed with someone that did something like that to him but that's not his first time where he's dated someone or been with involved with someone that's tried to kill him another girlfriend some years prior to that named amy herbert tried to kill him too she actually tried to shoot him in an interview that she had did she had stated that and that she had tried to uh cut his throat and she said that he was all for it. He he had told her, well, go ahead and cut me, kill me, kill me right now. So, you know, if thinking about how, you know, he's saying that he would never kill himself and that if anything happened to him and, you know, it was the government and then seeing how he had all these people around him, his wife and his girlfriend were all trying to kill him. He had all these people after him. I mean, that would drive really anybody crazy. So, I mean, do I think that it's a far-fetched theory to think about, you know, him trying to kill himself? I mean, no, it's not It's not at all. And I definitely think, um, you know, he definitely committed suicide in this situation, which is sad. But, I mean, like I said, the man lived his life on the edge for many, many years, and he lived to the age of 75. And, you know, he committed all of these offenses over the years. And, you know, when you when you play dirty sometimes it starts to catch up with you like in the words of nini leak says you can't win when you dirty you know so you know it's just a crazy situation the the whole mcafee thing i mean this computer software engineer you know engineer this mastermind you know he has so much to live for but yet he's living like he's in some fucking movie or something like that he's living like he's playing a character in snowfall it's like why the fuck are you doing all of this stuff you could have been a billionaire had you stayed a couple of years longer within the company but yet you wanted to go off and fuck a bunch of underage prostitutes and do all 
types of like crazy debauchery. So, yeah, you know, it's just a crazy situation. And eventually, you know, you got to pay you got to pay your taxes. You know, everybody always thinks that, you know, I shouldn't have to pay tax. Lauren Hill tried that. That didn't work for her. Wesley Snipes tried that, too. That didn't work for him and every other person that's trying not to pay their damn taxes. You know damn well, if you owe Uncle Sam day money, they going to try to collect it anyway. They can't. And that's just period. You know, that's just how it goes. You got to pay your taxes. Don't have the tax man coming after you. So with that said, I, w- I want to shift over to talking about uh, this Nina Simone estate situation now Nina Simone's granddaughter uh Renna Simone Kelly recently came out and blasted Vice President Kamala Harris for allegedly uh handing over her grandmother's estate Nina Simone to the white people she alleges and not upholding Nina Simone's wishes and because of this Nina's granddaughter is stating that she now is so destitute that she is now considering stripping in order to pay bills. Now, to me, this all makes sense why last week she was defending Chloe Bailey for her hypersexualized tribute to her grandmother um, that she did for the tribute performance for Nina Simone uh, last week on ABC. Now, that got a lot of backlash, and people felt like her performance was really just inappropriate. But now it all makes sense because, I mean, Chloe was rolling around all over the stage all seductively and stuff and, you know, gyrating her booty up and down and stuff like that. And, you know, the granddaughter, you know, she wants to be a stripper. So, I mean, it makes sense of why she was all for the performance. I mean, she's over here trying to get some lessons from Chloe since watching that performance and stuff like that. So it makes a lot of sense. So... Kamala, when Kamala Harris was the general attorney for California, she was appointed to go after people who were embezzling money from people's estates. And so Nina Simone's daughter, Lisa Simone, was appointed administrator of her mother's estate and charitable trust. Now, Lisa Simone was accused of draining $2 million in Coffers and 1.5 million that was in tra- 1.5 million dollars was transferred to her personal account that was supposed to be donated to a charity in which Nina Simone stated that she wanted the two million to go to a charity in her will. Now, Lisa was then charged six million dollars in surcharges plus 2.5 million dollars in interest by Kamala Harris. So that pretty much totaled out to 8.5 million dollars. Now, they settled on Lisa giving up her rights to her mother's work and the title of the state administrator. So, you know, uh, the granddaughter and uh, Nina Simone's daughter had been speaking out for a couple of years now. I know when um, the whole Nina Simone biopic came out and Zoe Saldana was supposed to play it and everybody was like outraged because everybody's like, well, why the hell is Zoe Saldana playing Nina Simone? She looks nothing like her. Hell, Zoe Saldana don't even see herself as an African-American woman. So how does she even fit in this role? And people were looking at the family like, how do you guys allow this to happen? But 
it all makes sense why that went on because uh, Nina Simone's daughter is no longer the head over her over her estate anymore. It is actually the state of California that oversees all of the you know all of the Nina Simone's estate affairs, and they are the ones that grant gave the green light for the whole uh, Nina Simone biopic. But I just find it funny that even after all these years, how the granddaughter and the the mother are coming out here, you know, talking about, oh, wow, you guys are doing this dirty. And the white, you, uh, Kamala Harris, you allowed the white man to take, you know, my grandmother's uh, fortune from me. And now I have to be a stripper. How dare you go get a job? Go get a job. You know, your mother was embezzling the money. You know, that was not the money that she was taking was money that was supposed to go to charity. And that is Kamala Harris's job as the general attorney of California to make sure that people who are embezzling money uh, are reprimanded. And you're no different just because you're Nina Simone's daughter and granddaughter. You embezzled the money. You know, it was in her will of testament that this two million dollars go to charity. And instead, you want to put this money in your own personal account. Why do you need to do that? You already had money that she had left you in the will. So why do you need to take this money that's supposed to go to charity and put it in your own personal account? So this goes back into, you know, even the whole Britney Spears situation in that, you know, her own family wasn't looking out for her best interests. And it's the same in this Nina Simone case where the daughter's over here embezzling money and putting money into her personal account when she should be out there trying to create a legacy for herself to continue to help her mother's legacy live on instead of draining her mother's estate for her own personal interests and her own personal gain you know so this whole situation right here just ties into greed and people being greedy and how Nina Simone's daughter just got her ass humbled by Vice President Kamala Harris because she was just being fucking greedy and that's what happens when you are greedy then (laughs) shit will be taken from right under your feet and now you're in a situation where you gotta go your granddaughter and maybe even you as a mother gotta get on the stripper pole and go make a couple of dollars hell if that's what you gotta do to you know make it make a living for yourself you gotta do what you gotta do like Erica Badu says working on us but it show damn pays the bills so you better get to to twerking Well, I want to thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Vibe Selection. I am your host, Kyra, and stay tuned for next week's episode to see who is my special guest for next week. And no, I'm not going to tell y'all because y'all know I got to keep y'all in suspense. So y'all just make sure you guys tune in at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time next week to find out who's going to be on the show. And with that said, you guys can also follow me on Instagram at I am Kyra Mahoney. If you like any Vibe Selection, merchandise you can pick that up at www.teespring.com slash vibe selection or if you like to donate to the vibe selection podcast you can cash at me at vibe selection or you can donate to patreon at www.patreon.com slash vibe selection see y'all all next week bye thank you for joining vibe selection with kyra come vibe out with us again next time and hear the latest on today's hot topics Find us on Instagram at I am Kyra Mahoney or donate at www.patreon.com slash vibe selection.